Chapter Fourteen of the Countess of Charny by Alexandre Dumas, translated by Henry L. Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Last of the Charnies. When Roderer entered the Queen's apartments behind Weber, that lady was seated by the fireplace with her back to the door, but she turned round on hearing it opened. Well, sir, she asked, without being very pointed in her inquiry the honour has been done me of a call replied roderer yes sir you are one of the principal magistrates of the town and your presence here is a shield for royalty i wish to ask you therefore whether we have most to hope or to fear little to hope madame and everything to fear the mob is really marching upon the palace the front of the column is in the carousel parleying with the swiss guards parleying but i gave the swiss the express order to meet brute force with force are they disobeying nay madame the swiss will die at their posts and we at ours the same as the swiss are soldiers at the service of the kings kings are the soldiers at the beck of royalty redderer held his peace have i the misfortune to entertain an opinion not agreeing with yours sir asked the queen madame i have no opinion unless i am asked for it i do ask for it sir then i shall state with the frankness of a believer my opinion is that the king is ruined if he stays in the tuileries but if we do not stay here where shall we go cried the queen rising in high alarm at present there is no longer but one place of shelter for the royal family responded the attorney syndic name it sir the national assembly what do you say sir demanded the queen snapping her eyes and questioning like one who had not understood he repeated what he had said do you believe sir that i would ask a favor of those fellows he was silent again if we must meet enemies i like those better who attack us in the broad day and in front than those who wish to destroy us in the dark and from behind well madame it is for you to decide either go and meet the people or beat a retreat into the assembly hall beat a retreat are we so deprived of defenders that we must retreat before we have tried the exchange of shots perhaps you will take the report before you come to a conclusion of some competent authority who knows the forces you have to dispose of faber bring me one of the principal officers maillardet your chesnay or she stopped on the point of saying the count of charny Weber went out. If your majesty were to step up to the window, 
you would be able to judge for yourself with visible repugnance the lady took the few steps to the window and parting the curtains saw the carousel square and the royal yard as well crowded with ragged men bearing pikes good god what are those fellows doing in here she exclaimed i told your majesty they are parleying but they have entered the inner yards i thought i had better gain the time somehow for your majesty to come to a resolution the door opened come come cried the queen without knowing that it would be charny who appeared i am here madame he said oh is it you then i have nothing to say as you told me a while ago what you thought should be done then the gentleman thought that the only course was said roderer to die returned the queen you see that what i propose is preferable madame oh on my soul i do not know whether it is or not groaned the queen what does the gentleman suggest to take the king under the wing of the house that is not death but shame said charny you hear that sir cried the lady come come said the lawyer may there not be some middle course weber stepped forward i am of very little account he said and i know that it is very bold of me to speak in such company but my devotion may inspire me suppose that your majesty only requested a deputation to watch over the safety of the king well i will consent to that lord charny if you approve of this suggestion will you pray submit it to the king charny bowed and went out follow the count weber and bring me the king's answer weber went out after the nobleman charny's presence cold stern and devoted was so cruel a reproach to her as a woman if not as a sovereign that she shuddered in it perhaps she had some terrible forewarning of what was to happen weber came back to say that the king accepted the idea two gentlemen are going to take his majesty's request to the assembly but look what they are doing exclaimed the queen the besiegers were busy fishing for switzers roderer looked out but he had not the time to see what was in progress before a pistol-shot was followed by the formidable discharge the building shook as though smitten to its foundations the queen screamed and fell back a step but returned to the window drawn by curiosity oh see see she cried with flaring eyes they fly they are routed why did you say that we had no resource but in the assembly will your majesty be good enough to come with me said the official see see continued the queen there go the swiss making a sortie and pursuing them oh 
the carousel is swept free victory victory in pity for yourself madame follow me persisted roderer returning to her senses she went with the attorney syndic to the louvre gallery where he learned the king was and which suited his purpose the queen had not an idea of it the gallery was barricaded half down and it was cut through at a third of the way where a temporary bridge was thrown across the gap the foot of a fugitive might send it down and so prevent the pursuers following into the tuileries the king was in a window recess with his captains and some courtiers and he held a spy-glass in his hand the queen had no need for it as she ran to the balcony the army of the insurrection was approaching long and dense covering the whole of the wide street along the riverside and extending as far as the eye could reach over the new bridge the southern districts effected a junction with the others all the church bells of the town were frenziedly swinging out the tocsin while the big bell of notre dame cathedral overawed all the metallic vibrations with its bronze boom a burning sun sparkled in myriad points from the steel of gun barrels and lace points like the rumblings of a storm cannon was heard rolling on the pavement what now madame said roderer some fifty persons had gathered round the king the queen cast a long look on the group to see how much devotion lingered then mute not knowing to whom to turn the poor creature took up her son and showed him to the officers of the court and army and national guard no longer the sovereign asking the throne for her heir but the mother suing for protection for her boy during this time the king was speaking in a low voice with the commune attorney or rather the latter was repeating what he had said to the queen two very distinct groups formed around the two sovereigns the king's was cold and grave and was composed of councillors who appeared of roderer's opinion the queen's was ardent numerous and enthusiastic young military men who waved their hats flourished their swords raised their hands to the dauphin kissed the hem of the queen's robe and swore to die for both of them marie antoinette found some hope in this enthusiasm the king's party melted into the queen's and with his usual impassibility the monarch found himself the centre of the two co-mingled his unconcern might be courage the queen snatched a pair of pistols from colonel maillardet come sire she cried this is the time for you to show yourself and die in the midst of your friends this action had carried enthusiasm to its height and everybody waited for the king's reply with parted lips and breath held in suspense a young brave and handsome king who had sprung forward with blazing eye and quivering lip to rush with the pistols in hand into the thick of the fight might have recalled fortune to his crown they waited and they hoped taking the pistols from the queen's hands the king returned them to the owner monsieur roderer he said you were observing that i had better go over to the house 
such is my advice answered the legal agent of the commune bowing come away gentlemen there is nothing more to be done here said the king uttering a sigh the queen took up her son in her arms and said to her ladies come ladies since it is the king's desire which was as much as to say to the others expect nothing more from me in the corridor where she would have to pass through mademoiselle campan was waiting she whispered to her how i wish i dwelt in a tower by the sea the abandoned attendants looked at each other and seemed to say is this the monarch for whom we came here to die colonel chesnay understood this mute inquiry for he answered no gentlemen it was for royalty the wearer of the crown is mortal but the principal imperishable the queen's ladies were terrified they looked like so many marble statues standing in the corners and along the lobbies at last the king condescended to remember those he was casting off at the foot of the stairs he halted but what will befall all those i leave behind he inquired sire replied roderer it will be easy enough for them to follow you out as they are in plain dress they can slip out through the gardens alas said the queen seeing count charny waiting for her by the garden gate with his drawn sword i would i had heeded you when you advised me to flee the queen's life-guardsman did not respond but he went up to the king and said sire will you please exchange hats lest yours single out your majesty oh you are right on account of the white feather said louis thank you my lord and he took the count's hat instead of his own does the king run any risk in this crossing inquired the queen you see madame that if so i have done all i could to turn the danger aside from the threatened one is your majesty ready asked the swiss captain charged to escort the king across the gardens the king advanced between two rows of swiss keeping step with him till suddenly they heard loud shouting on the left the door near the flora restaurant had been burst through by the mob and they rushed in knowing that the king was going to the assembly the leader of the band carried a head on a pole as the ensign the swiss captain ordered a halt and called his men to get their guns ready my lord charny said the queen if you see me on the point of falling into those ruffians hands you will kill me will you not i cannot promise you that for i shall be dead before they touch you bless us said the king this is the head of our poor colonel Manda. i know it again the band of assassins did not dare to come too near but they overwhelmed the royal pair with insults five or six shots were fired and two swiss fell one dead do not fire said charny or not one of us will reach the house alive that is so observed the captain carry arms 
the soldiers shouldered their guns and all continued crossing diagonally the first heats of the year had yellowed the chestnut trees and dry leaves were strewing the earth the little prince found some sport in heaping them up with his foot and kicking them on his sister the leaves are falling early this year observed the king did not one of those men write that royalty will not outlast the fall of the leaf questioned the queen yes my lady replied charny what was the name of this cunning prophet manuel a new obstacle rose in the path of the royal family a numerous crowd of men and women who were waiting with menacing gestures and brandished weapons on the steps and the terrace which had to be gone over to reach the riding school the danger was the worse from the swiss being unable to keep in rank the captain tried in vain to get through and he showed so much rage that roederer cried be careful sir you will lead to the king being killed they had to halt but a messenger was sent to the assembly to plead that the king wanted asylum the house sent a deputation at the sight of whom the mob's fury was redoubled nothing was to be heard but these shouts yelled with wrath down with Vito! over with the austrian dethronement or death understanding that it was in particular their mother who was threatened the two children huddled up to her the little dauphine asked lord charny why do these naughty people want to hurt my mamma a gigantic man armed with a pike and roaring louder than the rest down with Vito! death to the austrian kept trying to stab the king and the queen the swiss escort had gradually been forced away so that the royal family had by them only the six noblemen who had left the palace with them charny and the assembly deputation there were still some thirty paces to go in the thick crowd it was evident that the lives of the pair were aimed at and chiefly the queen's the struggle began at the staircase foot if you do not sheathe your sword said roederer i will answer for nothing without uttering a word charny put up his sword the party was lifted by the press as a skiff is tossed in a gale by the waves and drawn toward the assembly the king was obliged to push away a ruffian who stuck his fist in his face the little dauphin almost smothered screamed and held out his hands for help a man dashed forward and snatched him out of his mother's arms my lord charny my son she shrieked in heaven's name save my boy charny took a couple of steps in chase of the fellow with the prince but as soon as he unmasked the queen two or three hands dragged her toward them and one clutched the neckerchief on her bosom she sent up a scream charny forgot roderer's advice and his sword disappeared its full length in the body of the wretch who had dared to lay hands on the queen the gang howled with rage on seeing one of their numbers slain and rushed all the more fiercely on the group highest of all the women yelled why don't you kill the austrian give her to us to have her throat slit death to her death twenty naked arms were stretched out to seize her maddened by grief thinking nothing of her own danger she never ceased to cry my son 
save my son they touched the portals of the assembly but the mob doubled their efforts for fear their prey would escape charny was so closely pressed that he could only ply the handle of his sword among the clinched and menacing fists he saw one holding a pistol and trying to get a shot at the queen he dropped his sword grasped the pistol by both hands wrenched it from the holder and discharged it into the body of the nearest assailant the man fell as though blasted by lightning charny stooped in the gap to regain his rapier at this moment the queen entered the assembly vestibule in the retinue of the king charny's sword was already in a hand that had struck her he flew at the murderer but at this the doors were slammed and on the step he dropped at the same time felled by an iron bar on his head and a spear right through his heart as fell my brothers he muttered my poor andrea the fate of the charnies was accomplished with the last one as in the case of valence and isidore that of the queen for whom their lives were laid down was yet to be fulfilled at this time a dreadful discharge of great guns announced that the besiegers and the garrison were hard at work end of chapter fourteen recording by john van stan savannah georgia